Handle on the News. Handle on the News. Bill Handle. And now, here's Bill Handel. Yep, it's a Monday, uh, April uh, 23rd. Handel here. Good morning, everybody. As um, another week starts and another week ends. Yet last week, Circle of Life. Wow. <laughs> Deep. Deep thoughts. Wasn't Circle of Life your theme last week as it well? It was. That's true. You're getting very Every, contemplative. But, no, actually, when you think about it, uh, everything is a circle of life. Even the circle of life. Wow. I mean, I think the circle of <laughs> life is the most thing that's circle of life. Big big bucks here, just to let you know. Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, hard to believe. Right next to it? your name on the plaque, I know. Circle of Life. Circle of Life, yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, when I uh, just... For your information, I don't know if we have the photo available, but uh, when uh, I received uh, the award induction, I uh, held up a little stuffed lion. <laughs> with, both with both hands, hands. above your head? Yes. <laughs> it's, a vi- it's a visual. Uh, good morning, Jennifer Jones-Lee. Hello, Handel. Hello. And uh, Wayne Resnick? Hakuna Matata. Uh, yes. And uh, good morning, Alex. Hi. And uh, John Ramirez, Alter Boy. It's the sun. Just had a great visual, right? Uh, with my, uh, I'm thinking of uh, Night at the Museum, you know, with my pet cappuccino monkey slapping me in the face while I was throwing it up there. Uh, it's just, it's a whole visual. Why don't we just uh, get right into uh, the news? What do you think, guys? It's a good idea. Yeah, lead story. All right, that Tennessee Waffle House shooter. Oh, God. Please, please, another one. Um... Anyway, he was arrested in July of 2017 trying to get into uh, onto the White House lawn, screaming he has to speak to uh, the uh, has to speak to the president. And they ended up arresting him. And uh, effectively, uh, he was charged with trespassing and then entered a deferment program and was able to have the charges dropped after going to doing the community service. Point is, uh, he is going to talk more about this with Jim Ryan as to the specifics uh, I wonder if this is going to add to the gun control issue because AR-15 used to kill four people. And then a story about uh, this extraordinary man, a real hero. Okay, no no one can argue uh, he's in a restaurant Waffle House and he is in the bathroom locking himself in. And as soon as he hears the shots stop, he opens the door and rushes the gunman and and a shot goes off as they're uh, wrestling for the uh, the weapon, and he is grazed in the arm. See, that is a genuine hero. Okay, he's but- not a hero for eating waffles. Although Waffle House waffles are great, I'm not arguing that. So if you eat waffles. Uh, normally, under our new definition of heroism, you're a hero. But hold on, here's what the guy says. <laughs> he says, "I'm not a hero." I did that completely out of a selfish act. Yeah, I, I was completely doing it just to save myself. I don't want people to think I was the Terminator or Superman or anybody like that. I figured if I was going to die, he was going to have to work yeah, for it. But he's locked the bathroom door. Okay, I don't know if it was a single-use bathroom. Lights are flickering here. 
it's the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Uh, lights uh, are flickering. Uh, and uh, we don't know where he was under what circumstances. But I tell you, if he said he only did it to save his ass, he is both not a hero and not very smart. Here you have the opportunity to get the accolades and to get uh, the the awards and uh, I don't know. I mean, I sure as hell, even if I did that, would take full credit for oh, heroism. Oh, and I'm joking. Of course he's a hero. He saved everybody there. But no, I'm just not saying, necessarily. If funny. he did it, by, no. If he did it to save his own ass, it's still extremely brave. Exactly. It is brave. Yes. Although, if you do it as self defense, and that's the only thought, is that brave? Yes. That's, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Yes. Asked and answered. All right. Are you going to, with Jim Ryan, are you going to, because you said, is this going to lead to more calls for gun control? Are you going to get into the issue of how this guy got that yes. AR-15 That's style what I rifle? want to know. Yeah, he got it because his dad originally had him. Uh, he took them uh, ostensibly without his dad's permission. No, no, he it was his, they were his. Yeah, they were his. And his, the, after the after right. the arrest at the White House, the local cops interviewed him and took the they guns away. They got his weapons authorization revoked. They took all his guns, but they gave them to his dad. His right. dad has now admitted he gave them back to the guy. I think dad has some. So there's no here. new law. Right. That is necessary here. And there's, there's one. Sure. If you take guns from somebody, you don't give them to right. somebody else who knows right. the person. I think, Number two, the dad should go down. I don't know yeah, what the specific criminal to. statute would be. Well, but I would I like supply, to see that guy go to prison. I think supplying guns to someone who shouldn't have guns, there has to be a statute on it. And I think the argument is going to be, <coughs> and it's not a very practical argument, is that somehow the move should be made that no AR-15s should be available to anybody. But it, it almost doesn't matter anymore because there's so many out there. And the gun advocates say uh, that it's everybody who has one that's not going to use not going to use it criminally. What are you going to do, take away their guns? And I think the gun advocates say, yeah, it's exactly what they're going to do is take away people's guns. Now, can they do it under the Second Amendment? Well, they could with AR-15s. That is... That is legal. The government does have the authority to come in and take away uh, AR-15s, just like they have the ability to go take away bazookas. Do you think they have the right to take them away? Yeah. They certainly have the right to yeah. ban them. That's been I think litigated right, I think right to, to the away. moon. I think they have a right to take them away. To come confiscate them ex post facto? I don't think you have. First of all, it's not an ex post facto criminal law. Uh, it's not constitutionally ex post right. facto, and I don't it's... think, and I don't think it stops uh, the government from retroactively taking it. I really don't. I I think that would pass constitutional muster. Uh, that's my take on it. But it, practically speaking, it's never going to happen. All right, so let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll get uh, right to as many stories as we can. Also, when we come back, your chance to win a thousand dollars. Brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you're missing teeth. Call Cunning. Matter of fact, by the time this contest is over, we're all going to be missing teeth. <laughs> Call Cunning Dental for a free exam, 888-640-SMILE. And uh, this is uh, KFI Handle here. Here's your chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Angela in San Clemente did, and she won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right, back we go, and we have plenty more handle on the news. Uh, some of the top trending news, uh, manhunt on the way now for the Waffle House shooter and the Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton, uh, having baby number three. Tell you, she's putting out just like she should. It's very important for... Uh, just like she should? Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, yeah, uh, royally speaking, damn right. You want a lot of heirs to the throne. It's very distressing when there are no heirs. Matter of fact, think about it. Uh, William is on his way to no heirs. Oh. What happens if if they were to ever get to the point where there were no heirs? Well, then they go to the next. It's like uh, Queen Elizabeth, who was uh, the bastard child of Henry VIII. They just start going down the line. And as a matter of fact, I don't think there's any such thing as bastard children anymore. There aren't here. Here in the United States, uh, bastard kids don't exist legally. So it's a, a question of uh, they just go down and you can go you know, brothers, sisters. It would go to uh, it would go to Harry if there were no heirs. Can they adopt? I think they can. I don't know why they couldn't. But it could be a. That's a very good question. Is it a biological connection? I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't know the answer. It could be blood. Could be, and I. That's a great question. Can you look that up? All right. Oh, okay. Uh, it's got. If you uh, want to walk around uh, Mount Vernon today, you've got about two and a half, three hours till they shut it down for a big dinner between President Trump. And French President Emmanuel Macron. Let's go out to dinner. Will they serve macarons? They should serve macaroni and macarons to Macron. Now, going to Mount Vernon is very special. They very rarely ever do state dinners at Mount Vernon. And this one is particularly significant because of uh, the connection that the French had uh, during the Revolutionary War where the French basically pulled our chestnuts out of the fire. Corn, Cornwallis, Yorktown, and it was, uh, and Lafayette. Lafayette, who uh, George Washington uh, almost was a, a parent to, adopted son, and then went back, uh, Lafayette went back to France and did a uh, was a big, important uh, figure in the uh, French Revolution, having lived through the American Revolution. So anyway, that's it's a good connection. It really you'll see a lot of American stuff being served up. You think it'll be the the old style like Could peanut be. soup? Could and, be. Could be. Interesting. You know, fried catfish. Mm-hmm. Could be. Regional dishes. Oh yeah, it could be that. Well, maybe things will work out. Maybe they won't. Only time will tell. what the president said about this possibility, hopeful possibility, about having the meeting with North Korea's Kim Jong-un. He said, well, only time will tell, and we're a long way from collusion on North Korea, but maybe things will work out, maybe they won't. A lot of controversy here. The people who are attacking Trump and don't like Trump say things like uh, that 
that Kim Jong-un has given us nothing. It's what he's already done. You know, and no one's giving or not enough people are giving this president uh, the credit for just sitting down with Kim. He is a genuine nuclear power. He may be a rogue state or it may be a rogue state, but it is real. And we know that 25 years hasn't worked. And he is saying, let's try this. And, oh, we're going to give him legitimacy. So what? What's the big whoop here? What all we're doing is recognizing reality. So uh, I'm uh, I'm giving kudos to the president on this one. And while we're waiting to see if President Trump's going to meet with Kim Jong-un, it looks like those crazy kids over there, the North and the South, they may be working things out themselves. Dancing single file. Back to work! South Korea said it's going to stop blasting the uh, K-pop music and the... Now, it's interesting because this article from the LA Times calls it propaganda, but they would blast basically just positive news over the border into North Korea. And they said they're going to turn off those speakers because they're having their own summit in the DMZ, the South and the North. Like Radio Free Europe. Remember that? Yeah. And you know what Radio Free Europe did? Zero. That's what it did. It was exactly this, broadcasting the the news of the free world. You know, it's like the BBC uh, broadcasting during World War II all over. The eagle has landed. Beethoven is dead. Your right foot will be amputated. Just these code words, these little code phrases that would get uh, the resistance ready to go. In other words, everybody's ready, and here it is. You go for it with these uh, coded phrases. I don't know what the point here was. Okay, we're going to blast K-pop over the border at North Korea. That Just what, at some point them. they'll, but at some point they'll say. Please, if you stop, we'll give up our nukes. I think it's more just screwing with them. You know, just we'll show you, and then they come back and show us, and it's just, uh, I think that is, for some reason, somebody thinks that's effective. And all it does is really piss off the North Koreans more than anything else. Maybe that's the entire point. Problem is, North Korea uh, could send out assassin teams to wipe out the K-pop uh, bands because that's what they do. I mean, they're very good at doing that. We'll take a break and come back. Jennifer Jones Lee, you're up. And uh, this is uh, KFI Handle here. Good morning. Uh, it is a, a Monday, April 23rd. We do have an Instagram video. Uh, Wayne tries to put him up as quickly as possible in the morning. And this is in reference to an event Friday night that we had, a listener event. And it was uh, actually the host, uh, the MC was uh, the lovely Jennifer Jones Lee. Thank you, thank you. And we had a bunch of listeners who had uh, actually, I think, donated to Katarina's Club. And then we came back and had a cocktail party. Yeah. Anyway, fun. so it's reference to that. And it's. Uh, Are you angry about how things went down no, Friday night? No, I thought it was wonderful. Oh, no, he's, just, he's just got a comment about I, I just, yeah, what it was like to meet call, people. My normal handle's not a curmudgeon. At least I don't think so. All right, let's do it. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee. By the way, the Instagram is at Bill Handle Show. Got it. Thank you. All right. Uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And we knew that he was sick and in the hospital, but I don't know if we knew that he was this critical, but mini me, Vern Troyer, has died. Mini me, 
You complete me. You know, they're not telling us why. I originally thought it was suicide uh, when family said he had some issues that he was dealing with. It could have been medical. He Well, he was a very heavy drinker. He made the comments last year, I want to say maybe even, uh, yeah, alcohol addiction. And when he went to the hospital this last time, I'm pretty sure it was because he had um, drank a whole lot and was suicidal. And I don't know. I think we might not know what condition he went into the hospital a couple of weeks ago in. Maybe it was worse than they let us know is what it sounds like. Yeah. Anyway, uh, two foot eight uh, and uh, had many, many parts uh, throughout his career. And his uh, big breakout part was Mini-Me and Austin Powers. The man who was stabbed in the neck while eating with his family uh, in Ventura has passed away. Oh. My father would lift me And we talked about this on Friday, uh, saying he's in the hospital, uh, he's in critical condition. We assumed, I did, he was going to survive. I did too. Because they didn't mention grave, uh, they didn't say life-threatening uh, and uh, it was just he's in critical condition. And everybody's in critical condition when they go to the hospital. I mean, that's just sort of a given. When they're picked up after a shooting, after a stabbing, after a car accident, everybody's in critical condition. And, of course, the vast, vast majority uh, survive. So that's... Uh, yeah. He there was- is going to be a major outcry up there because the, the guy who did it, who's now in jail, was well-known uh, as a transient... Guy, and people had been calling the cops for like half an hour reporting that this guy was walking around yelling, acting erratically. And apparently the Ventura police say, you know what, all our officers were dealing with other matters and we just didn't have any resources to send over there. Yeah, they were watching him. I guess they have some cameras on the. But, on if, they the knew who, there, but- if they knew who he was and they had responded before and he wasn't deemed a threat before. I don't know the circumstances, but I'm always trying to throw another side and trying to throw another explanation uh, in this thing. And maybe the cops just screwed up, much like that poor kid who uh, suffocated in uh, his Honda Odyssey when he I mean, that the uh, audio is just heartbreaking. And it was I'm dying, I'm dying. And he described the color of the car and where it was. And the dispatcher did not share that with the police. That's the kid who got stuck in the seat. Yeah, in the Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Horrible. All right. Well, we were talking about this earlier, but congratulations to Prince William and Kate. Number three. The Maybe question was, three. by the way, the question was asked uh, if they adopt, does uh, the throne pass to the child? And it seems to be yes. Okay. That adoption uh, also works. All right. Well, they say that uh, she had extreme morning sickness. Kate did. She does. And uh, yeah, had it in her first two pregnancies too. But uh, apparently, and the baby was eight pounds, seven ounces. That was a big baby boy. But mom and baby are supposed to be doing just great. Do we have a name yet? No. No. And here's the deal. They wait until, so it, here's what sucks about this whole thing. They have to pick a name and then they have to go to the queen and the queen can go, mm, okay, or mm, no, try yeah, again. I don't think she would do that. And then the, uh, uh, and then the betting starts going on. Uh, the uh, Ladbrokes, which is uh, their version of uh, the book, the bookies, uh, perfectly legal. They do a lot of gambling in uh, England. They give odds as to the names. So the two front runners right now? James and Arthur. Oh, 
That These is are, boring. Uh, and usually it's royal names that have had, like William, and although Harry was kind of bizarre, but uh, it's... And then I loved it because the odds, and you can look this one up, the odds were 1,000 to 1 uh, last time around that it was going to be Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Someone could have won a lot of money. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, some Southwest Airlines travelers yesterday either had their flights delayed or canceled because of the emergency inspections being done following that midair explosion last week. Now, I know it's a big headline, and it makes it sound like it was a complete catastrophe yesterday. 40 out of 4,000 flights were canceled because of this, and the delay rate was about 13%. Right. And by the way, on any given day, the delay rate might get close to 10% anyway. And uh, I think this has to do probably with the hours that the fan blades uh, had on those engines. And they just took, uh, normally, let's say it'd be 10,000 hours. So what they did is say any plane, uh, I'm just give, coming up with a figure, hypothetical, any any uh, engine at 8,000 hours, for example, has to be uh, has to be inspected. And they just go down, down. Obviously, new planes don't have to be inspected. 5,000 hours don't have to be inspected. They think, unless it's a uh, design, uh, if it's a design issue, they ground everybody. There isn't a plane in the sky if it's a fundamental design issue. And the 737 is the most used plane. It's the most ubiquitous plane in the sky. Thousands and thousands of these are flying around. So uh, it was, well, there were 30,000, uh, not hours, but it was 30,000 takeoffs and landings, cycles. All right, uh, we're going to come back, take a break, and we'll finish this up. KFI AM 640. Back we go, more handle on the news. Uh, the biggest stories uh, that are we're covering and, in fact, are trending, uh, the Tennessee manhunt. Uh, the Waffle House uh, murder, and we're going to talk to uh, Jim Ryan coming up in a few moments, who's covering that story. Uh, Macron, uh, the French president, uh, Emmanuel Macron, is visiting the U.S. for an official uh, official visit. I think it's uh, President Trump's first state visit that he has given, if I'm not mistaken. And, of course, uh, the fun part is finding out what they're feeding everybody. You know, I love the menu part. Uh, how unusual, Right. Okay, I'll tell you what they're not feeding them. I can almost guess. A good pastrami sandwich. <laughs> no. Which is too That'd bad. That'd be incongruent, especially at Mount Vernon. Yeah, I know. Still it's a long be. way to send Brent. Yeah, it certainly is. All right, Beck, let's finish it up. Handle on the news. Jennifer Jones, Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And they're probably not feeding them edibles either. City Councilman Mitch Englander wants to have amnesty boxes for your weed. So he says, you know, well, here's the bottom line. You can't take weed on an airplane, even if it's in California. You can't get on at LAX and get off in Oakland or something like yeah, that. But what happens when you do? Well, you could it's, you could be arrested. Minimum, yeah, but it's no big deal what they do policy-wise. No, but you could be held over, miss your flight. That's the minimum that could happen to you because it's a... Technically, if you take it up, it's a federal offense. Oh, no question about it. But they're not doing anything with the TSA, at least according to this L.A. Times story. What the TSA does is simply follow the state law. 
And in this case, uh, Cal- they recognize California law, not legally, but they recognize California law as in they turn over the people to the police. Yeah. And the police, of course, let them go because there is no violation. Right, but once you're up in the air... Then it's a violation. It's a, yeah. So it really so they, would be if somebody with the airline decides to be a jerk. But uh, how would the person, how would anybody on the airplane know? Nobody would know. No. And especially if you're going domestic. I no. think Mitch Englander, did, did, does part of his proposal include he's the one who has the key to the amnesty yeah, boxes? Yeah, it could be. So, ah, you know what? <laughs> and apparently they're going to need amnesty boxes for your apples. Not the computers, the actual apples that you eat. A woman from Colorado flies in uh, to the U.S. from Paris, and shortly before they landed, Delta Airlines hands everybody apples wrapped in a plastic bag. It's got the Delta logo on it. And she's like, oh, I'll save this because I'm not hungry right now. She goes through customs, and she's now being fined $500. I know, it's crazy. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. You're not fined... For bringing the apple. You're fined for, for not, not revealing that you have right. the apple. So I'm assuming they must have asked her, are you bringing any produce or plants or whatever? And maybe no. she said no because she didn't think the apple that the right. airline gave her or counted. Fruit. That could that And that may be true. And if you do declare it, all they do is say you can't take it in and then throw it away. Right. Uh, so there's no harm, no foul. But uh, what jerks they are. Uh, PR for uh, the folks uh, at customs. Yeah, customs. Yeah. Come on, guys. You could have just said, no, nah, you can't come in with it. And the airline had no business handing it out just before. Uh, if if just they're going to do that, and they didn't need to say, say anything. If, right. Delta needs to say, look, if you want to eat this apple, great. If you don't want to eat it, don't take it because yeah. you can't, you don't want to bring it in. So this is both Delta and Border, uh, con- uh, border and Customs. Yeah. Well, this next story, basically, Jeff Sessions says, if he's out, I'm out. And that is ostensibly what Jeff Sessions told uh, the um, uh, told White House counsel again, where uh, he said, if you fire, if the president fires uh, Rosenstein, uh, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. That's a that's a dangerous move, though, because there's been so much tension between the president and Jeff Sessions. But it's Trump it, might be like, wait, I get a two for one. Right. And it could be. I mean, it would blow up beyond blow up. Uh, but it would it would then just uh, it would be done. The Republicans aren't going to do anything. They're going to scream. Oh, the president shouldn't do it. It was inopportune. It was uh, unart- uh, inartful or unartful. Uh, when uh, he says horrible things, oh, it's just the president being the president. Same thing here. He has the right to fire someone, which he did, and uh, you don't. What's the, the one rule in politics that is never, ever to be violated? You never, ever go after your own president of your party. Whatever the president does, it doesn't matter. Now, can he use uh, Giuliani as a scapegoat? Because Giuliani wants to end the Russia investigation. It's still his decision. Even if Giuliani, what's Giuliani going to do? Make the decision for him? No, but I mean, what if what if Giuliani makes the recommendation in the case for it? And, oh, and then there the are president plenty of people making the case. On. There are plenty of people making the case for it. I'm sure. Well, uh, President Trump pulled us out of the Paris Climate Agreement, so Michael Bloomberg decides he'll just write a check to cover this year's commitment. We were standing. Must be nice to be worth about fifty billion dollars. Yeah. You know, it's hard to believe that it's only four and a half million dollars for our share of it. 
But obviously, the president's decision had nothing to do with money. It had to do with the philosophy of uh, we will stay the only country in the world that doesn't believe in uh, any kind of climate change. Well, I think one of his problems with it is it's sort of non-binding. So I think a lot of people are saying, so we're going to make all these sacrifices in order to meet our guidelines and all the countries around the world that don't, nothing happens to them. Well, the problem is most countries around the world have signed on, virtually every single one. All right, we're going to take a break? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. We're done. Jim Ryan is in Tennessee on the Waffle House shooting, and we'll cover that when we come back. This is KFI AM 640. So wake me up when it's all over When I'm wiser and I'm older KFI handle here on a uh, Monday morning, April uh, 23rd. Uh, some of the big stories that we're covering today, awaiting uh, the birth of another royal baby. Duchess of Cambridge uh, is about to deliver her third child. Uh, President Macron of uh, France is visiting the U.S. Uh, state dinner uh, at uh, Mount Vernon. And Kate had, did have the baby, little oh. baby boy. Oh, okay. Eight pounds, seven ounces. Eight, that's a big kid. Yeah. That's a bit not as big as I was when I was born, but still a big kid. Okay. Let's do it. Now we're going to get to a, a subject that is or a topic that is uh, kind of heartbreaking here as far as uh, four people that are now dead. And that's in Tennessee, a manhunt underway for uh, Travis uh, Ryan King, suspected to be the man who uh, shot and killed four people, and he's on the run. Uh now uh, Ryan is, Jim Ryan is covering this for us. Uh, Jim in Tennessee, a lot of pieces here, isn't there? Aren't there? Well, yeah, absolutely. And uh, this history goes back some time. The uh, suspect here, Travis Ryan King, came here from Illinois. Hasn't lived in uh, in Tennessee for too long, but a sheriff's uh, a sheriff back in Illinois said that he could tell at the time through interactions with Ryan King that the the uh, that he had mental issues, that he had some sort of disturbance. His his own pa- parents apparently had reported that his uh, that their son had delusions that he felt that Taylor Swift was stalking him uh, so he's got some problems this past July we know that at the White House outside the White House in a restricted area Ryan King was taken into custody the Secret Service said that he told them that he was trying to meet with the president so he was arrested taken into custody held and then uh, later released but they did uh, order that his weapons be seized they knew that he had four guns they all were taken away from him. They were handed over to his father. His father said that he would make sure that his son couldn't get a hold of them. Well, apparently he did, Bill. And we know that one of those guns used yesterday, uh, killing four people. All right. Uh, boy, do I have questions. First of all, since his father turned over the guns back to him uh, during a period of time in which he was not allowed to have the guns, and the father knew that, Uh, Has the father been charged yet with aiding and abetting or giving guns to someone who he knew should not have guns? No charges yet, but I suspect that may be coming. Uh, if uh, they determine that it to, through some act of negligence, whether the the guy got a hold of the uh, guns from the from the gun cabinet, or whether the father handed them over, which would be certainly a, even worse than negligence, then there could be some some criminal charges looking ahead. I think right now uh, the police are trying to uh, have the father help them to find this guy. How you know what his thinking might be on where this person might be, because uh, the the main 
priority right now, the thing that they want to do is get him off the street, get him back in custody, or get him into custody, uh, because they feel that he has a gun, has at least one with him, and uh, obviously isn't afraid to shoot and kill people. So uh, he was seen leaving, I'm assuming. There are plenty of witnesses that saw him getting out of here, uh, getting out of there. Uh, any idea? Did he jump into a car? Do they know uh, what kind of car? Do they have a license plate? Nobody saw a car at all. He showed up in a pickup truck, his own pickup truck, registered to him, and I think that's how the, the police relatively quickly were able to identify their suspect. You know, they, uh, witnesses had seen him get, a, get out of a pickup truck that was found here in the parking lot. They checked the registration. It came back registered to um, their suspect, and, uh, and that's how they knew then to go to his house or to his apartment. Uh, the, the suspicion is that he walked from here to his apartment, got some clothes on. He was, nearing, he was wearing no clothes at all when he left the Waffle House. Uh, he uh, was, that's jacket. it. He walked in stark naked. No, he, did. he walked in wearing a jacket. Uh, opened fire, killed four people, uh, injured two others, dropped the jacket on the way out along with the AR-15. In the pocket, by the way, were two more magazines. So he was naked. Uh, You know, the tweets from the police department said that this naked man was leaving the Waffle House, uh, running off into the woods, made it to his apartment, got dressed apparently, at least put on some pants, and then disappeared again. We don't think he's in a car. Uh, He may have had access to another vehicle, but nobody's sure about that, Bill. So uh, obviously a, a huge manhunt is uh, is happening right now. Oh, yeah. uh, I can't imagine that it would be too much longer before they catch him. I mean, if you're talking someone on foot, and I've seen pictures of him, and uh, he, he can't be too hard to miss. And uh, so uh, helicopters are overhead. Uh, are they? And, and when we talk about a manhunt, uh, any idea of how many uh, people are involved? Well, it's 80 police officers, local police officers from right around here uh, in the Nashville area. We also have ATF and FBI who are helping out in this. Uh, No helicopters right now, and I'll tell you why. It's rainy, it's drizzly, visibility is poor. There are power lines all over the place, uh, right over the top of the wall of uh, the Waffle House, by the way. It's a thickly wooded area. So I think you're right. I mean, we've had a full day of daylight and a chance to find this person. But given the terrain, given the thick, uh, thick woods around here and the lack of a helicopter, at least today, it's been tricky at best. All right. Then the story of uh, James Shaw, who uh, is being credit- credited with saving many lives. Let's talk about that yeah. for a moment. Right. Shaw was there eating at the Waffle House, like everybody in that building there, at 3 in the morning having some breakfast. Uh, the person walks in, opens fire. He suffered a grazing bullet wound to his elbow. That's uh, initially a, or after yes. it started to wrestle him to the ground? Before that. He was injured. He dove for a cover. Uh, he did uh, take that grazing bullet wound. He, he, as soon as he heard kind of a lull in the gunfire, he saw what was happening. The uh, Ryan King lowered the bullet, or lowered the barrel of that AR-15, and it was just within reach. So uh, Shaw grabbed it. It's red hot. You know, a gun is extremely hot once it's been fired within seconds. And so he grabbed the barrel of the gun, threw it over the counter. He wrestled with the suspect, Ryan King, uh, said that he'd managed to pull him outside. And at that point, Ryan King stood up and ran off. So, uh, yeah, this guy is being credited as, as a hero. He says he's, he's not a hero. He doesn't feel like a hero. He just tried to do what he could. By the way, he's quite blunt and honest. He says, look, I was just trying to save myself. 
the CEO of Waffle House, though, has patted him on the back, and uh, and Walt Amer says, you are a hero. You you did save lives, whether you intended to or not. Now, what story about uh, Shaw reported that he locked himself uh, into a bathroom and then came out again? Is there any validity to that? I've I've seen the report that he he uh, ran into the bathroom. He may have taken some other people in there with him. I think that at some point there were several people hiding in the bathroom. Uh, at, at that point, though, Ryan King already had left. Um, you know, and then there are still strands coming out of this story and and details being added. Uh, but you know, it suffice it to say that whether he feels like a hero or not, that the CEO of uh, Waffle House, Walt Amer, says he is. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, greatly appreciated, Jim. Thanks. Buddy. All right. And, you know, you wonder, uh, you think that Shaw is going to be getting a discount at that Waffle House for the rest of his life, like 25% off, here's your coupon. Just guessing. Coming up, the president is, uh, remember his travel ban, right? You think that disappeared? Supreme Court is now hearing that case, and I'll explain to you what issues uh, the court has to deal with. And your chance to win $1,000 when we come back. And that's brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have bleeding gums, uh, it is totally disgusting. But you can do something about it. Call Cunning Dental for a free exam. Call 888-640. And the trumpets, they go. All right. Handle here on a uh, Monday morning. Here is your chance to win some money. You're shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. If you win, they'll call you from a number you don't recognize. Answer it or you're out of luck. Jake in Little Rock answered it, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right, uh, back we go. Uh, big stories we're covering today. Royal baby has been born. Duchess of Cambridge, third child, baby boy, eight pounds, seven ounces. Uh, the uh, president of France, Emmanuel Macron, is uh, visiting the U.S. A lot going on. Now, tell you what else is going on. This is important stuff. Uh, Supreme Court, final argument of this term. And this is an examination of the president's authority uh, to protect our country with the Muslim ban. And here's what's going on, and I want to share this with you. Had it been any other president, uh, this would never have gone to the Supreme Court. No way. The president has wide latitude to determine foreign policy and uh, the security of this nation. I mean, that's his mandate, is to keep our country safe. And if there's any plausible, sort of kind of minimal rationale, To keep people out of this country, the court will let the president do it. The court stays away from areas of foreign policy, for example. That's the president's view or purview. However, uh, this is the third go-round for the Muslim ban, which has been stopped by the courts three times already or twice Uh, Maybe three times, and this is the fourth way around. And here is the problem that uh, this president has. The argument against the ban is this really doesn't have to do with 
security of the country for the most part. It's straight out racism. It's anti-Muslim feeling. Nothing more, nothing less. The argument that security of this country is paramount here, well, here's the attack. Of the countries that are being discriminated against, that's the argument, or the countries that are involved in the ban, there hasn't been one act of terrorism against the United States. I mean, if you really want to look at it, you would uh, make the travel ban on Saudi Arabia because so many terrorists come out of Saudi Arabia, particularly the 9-11 terrorists, 19 out of what? 21, 22 came out of Saudi Arabia. That's an argument, I think, a stronger argument for a travel ban. And even if it were a travel ban against X number of countries, and there was any rationale to select these countries. Even the argument is uh, we can't share the information we have. But based on CIA analysis, right, based on the State Department's analysis, we, I, President, want to make sure that people don't come from that country. I think the courts would let it fly. Problem is, the president, from the day he started campaigning, it was about Muslims, 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 Muslims. That's what it's about. And we have a basic premise in this country. We have a law that says you can't discriminate on the basis of race, creed, religion, national origin. It doesn't matter who you are. The president cannot discriminate against anybody in this country or coming into this country on the basis of religion. That's like saying no Catholics will be brought in. No Jews will be uh, allowed in. No Buddhists. The president can't do that. Now, the counterbalancing argument is he is arguing, uh, the United States arguing, no, it's not anti-Muslim. Even the Solicitor General arguing on behalf of the administration says that you can't look at his outrageous comments. It's not what he meant. You have to look two things. Number one, it's just the president venting. Don't don't pay attention to our president when he tweets. Can you imagine that? The government is saying don't pay attention to the president because that's off the table. Pay attention to the policy. And the arguments the courts have said, we can't ignore what the president says. Especially if effectively he is out, just out and out talking about discriminating on the basis of religion. Because during the course of his tweets, which we shouldn't pay attention to, or what he says, which we shouldn't pay attention to, The argument he always made is against Muslims. It was Muslims, Muslims, Muslims. You can't do that if that's the basis of the ban. And, of course, you government is saying, no, 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 it's not the basis of the ban. Even the president said it's the basis of the ban, it's not the basis of the ban. Even the president says it's white, it's really black. Where are you going to go with this? We'll see what the court has to say. And we'll see how far uh, the court's willing to go. If I had to guess, this court is going to allow 
uh, the ban to continue. Why? Well, because you go back to the premise that um, the president has very, very wide latitude in establishing uh, national security. And number two, uh, there is an argument to be had. What the president says and what actually happens are two different things. There's many, many examples of that. All right, coming up, Moolah Monday with Guy Adami. Plenty of Moolah to talk about. KFI AM 640. Handles the man. Money talks. Handles big time. Like, I, I am not worthy, as they said in, what was that movie, Wayne's World? Here comes the money. I mean, if he wasn't such a freaking curmudgeon. Thanks, bro. Money, 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 money. <laughs> All right, handle here on a Monday, April 23rd. Uh, big stories we're covering. Uh, Travis uh, Ryan King, uh, the suspect of the Waffle House shooting, uh, is still at large. Police have no credible information as to his whereabouts yet. And the Duchess of Cambridge has delivered her third child. So that's number four in the line of secession, number five in the line of secession uh, in England. Okay, since it's just about this time on a Monday, it's a Moolah Monday with Guy Adami. Good morning, Guy. Good morning, On the Bill. phone, there you are. I'm uh, here, man. Yeah, no, I can hear that. All right, let's get right to it. We have uh, a lot of topics to talk about. And uh, this one is no surprise. CNBC came out of the uh, reported, and this is a uh, fairly extensive study. And that's, uh, this one, it's not a surprise, but I was half stunned on this. Consumers are staying away uh, from the doctor. Uh, doctor visits gone down because they're afraid of the bills, not because of they're afraid of the illnesses. Yeah, you knew that, and it's 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 100% true. I am certainly guilty of that. You are probably guilty of that because you say to yourself, you know what, I don't feel great, but I'm not going to go to the doctor because I don't want to pay through the nose. What winds up happening is, though, if you are really sick, you get sicker than you would have been, and the costs are going to double and triple. So it's this vacuous cycle. I can't fault people because health care costs are staggering and through the roof. Yeah, it's and, crazy. You know, Incidentally, I'm not afraid of going to the doctor because I belong to uh, Kaiser, the largest HMO in the country. Oh, you're a big shot. Uh, no, no, no. There's 4.3 million of us who oh. belong to Kaiser. But effectively what it is is a nationalized uh, health plan on a regional basis. Yeah, and, but for the other 346 million people, you get yeah. what I'm saying, though. I mean, it may, it, and it's, it's, you know, the Fed talks about no inflation and wanting inflation, yet the people listening to your radio show right now say, what are you talking about? My health care costs are staggering. My education costs are staggering. Right. And my energy costs are staggering. So, as I've said a number of times, inflation is in all the wrong places, and it manifests itself first and foremost in health care costs. And I, I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did. Well, I mean, I do. Uh, and uh, I've, I've always been a, uh, a real proponent of single payer. But uh, I love the fact that you're going to hear uh, Republicans, for the most part, ignoring this. Because we have to have no health care system as opposed to, for example, an Obamacare system. Mm -hmm. We are better off with this, people going broke, uh, not going to the doctor because of the ridiculous amount of health care. We pay more than anybody else in the world for our health care, and we get some of the lousiest health care anywhere. Uh, and it's just, it is. And uh, do you think it's ever, you think we're ever going to move in, uh, in, in the other direction? We have to. I mean, we have no choice but to move in the other direction because otherwise this country, I mean, first of all, 
I mean, you can make an argument that we're morally bankrupt, but we're definitely on the verge of being absolutely bankrupt. And one of the reasons is because of what we're doing in the healthcare care uh, region. Somebody has to figure it out. And, again, I'm not a politician. I'm, I'm not smart enough to be, and I'm not, uh, not uh, vain enough to be. But somebody's going to have to come in and say, listen, we have to make hard choices, and they're going to start – with health care, it has to be done. It's, there's no other way around it at this point. And it won't be uh, done, not for a long time, because uh, our politicians are more interested in, quote, we have the best health care in the world, uh, even though, look at these stats. Any plan to fix it involving the government being involved, which is the only way you can do it, by the way. The you only know, it's funny. No, go ahead. I was going to say the stats, you know, they can hide behind the statistics because the statistics, you know, no, you can make numbers look however you want them to look like, depending on your dogma. And, and those statistics are true. But what they don't tell about is exactly what we're talking about now. It's that people are scared to go. I mean, that's not a solution. Being scared to go to the physician is not a solution to a health care problem. All right. Let's move on to uh, Amazon. Uh, I spend, well, actually, Marjorie spends a lot of money Mar- on Amazon. Uh, hold on a second. For, for the folks that I, I'm not, is Marjorie your wife? Yes. God bless her. Everybody knows that except you. Uh, I'm not, listen, I'm not from Burbank. I'm from Morristown, New Jersey. I'm sorry I don't know Marjorie. I'm sure she's lovely if she's listening. Yeah. Hi, Marjorie. What's the population of Morristown? Uh, so, you know, it's an excellent question. I would say it's probably 12,000 okay. or so. Okay, all right. Uh, you know. 11,999 people know who Marjorie is. All right. Yeah, well, uh, now, Amazon, uh, the, the real risks in buying on Amazon, and I have to have my wife listen to this. You're up. She there? No, she's not there. Oh, I'm here. Oh, I, I threw it to you. Guy, I the, threw it to you. Oh, okay, when I'm, I do I'm that inflection. To, I've become... I became a listener there for a second. You did. You did. Okay, so the, the, uh, the real... The, are making sure you're on Amazon. Okay, there we go. So, uh, all right. Risk. So, let's talk about the foibles of going on Amazon. Foibles. Well, I mean, the fo- there, there are many foibles, and there's so many... If you watch Homeland, you know, you see how easy things are to get hacked into. And the foibles, which is a great word, is that you're going to wind up on something that is not an Amazon um, service, let's say, and you're going to get hacked and whacked. And that's the thing. That's why, by the way, the next time I buy something online will be the first time, because I'm not into that whole thing. Oh, really? You gotta, yeah, oh, yeah. So Marjorie loves it. I don't. So you have to be aware of where you are. I can't speak to there's so many the plans and the schemes out there are so intricate and so good that sometimes it's hard to tell. But I think, you know, Amazon will tell you unless it's a little, you know, the seal of Amazon approval, don't be shopping on the site. And there's so many third-party people that sell on Amazon uh Tens it, of thousands. And you just you just don't know. There way, there are ways of dealing with it. Uh number 1 you do a little bit of homework. Number 2 you do what guy Adami does and not touch it. So, but you know, if the and the other thing is this: if it seems too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Obviously, right? the mean, case, yeah. Just use com. I guess use your common sense. If you don't recognize who the seller is, probably not an Amazon person, right? Yeah. Uh, the product's familiar, but you don't know the brand. There are a lot of my set my words out there to Marjorie and the folks in Burbank. Use common sense. If it doesn't make if it doesn't pass the smell test, don't do it. All right, uh, Guy, thank you. Oh, just as a quick aside, uh, 11,999 people in Morristown shop on Amazon, and they all know the word foibles. 
I know Foible. It's like it's like Aesop's wrote about that. Uh, it's very true. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. So yeah, you know, we, I, I got it. We right. could spar all day long, you and I. We could. Guy, we'll see you next week. Later, Bill. Thank you. All right, Guy Adami, that was a weird one, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, there are just some weird segments we have. All right, coming up, 40 acres and a mule. You ever heard about that? Well, I'm going to give you a quick little history lesson, and that's what we're going into right now. You're talking about my life. That's how I grew up. Damn right. <laughs> and I'm going to bring you that story upon our return. In the meantime, we don't feel like outsiders at all. We KFI Handle here on a Monday, April 23rd, as we're following some of the big stories. The Tennessee manhunt continues on for Travis uh, Ryan King, the suspected shooter at the Waffle House for dead. And uh, the French president and his wife visits uh, the United States for an official state visit. And over the weekend, uh, Barbara Bush's uh, funeral happened, as you know. All right. uh, Still plenty more to cover. This morning, you ever heard the phrase 40 acres and a mule? Uh, It's uh, 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 Jennifer Jones Lee has, and this goes back actually to the Civil War. And it uh, happened in 1865 where General William Sherman, on a special order, uh, issued that phrase. They took land from Confederate, from the Confederate uh, members or Confederate citizens, confiscated the land and said to the freed slaves... This is your land, and you get 40 acres, and we'll throw in a mule so you can farm. That's where 40 acres and a mule comes from. So what does that have to do with anything we're talking about now? Well, Senator Cory uh, Booker of New Jersey, big liberal, has uh, he is uh, pushing for a pilot program, the Federal Jobs Guarantee Development Act, known as 40 Acres and a Mule. Free 40 acres, free mule. Well, this would establish a three-year pilot program where the Department of Labor uh, would set up 15 local areas and money would go into it to guarantee that every adult gets a job. A guaranteed job paying at least $15 an hour. Free job. Notwithstanding the economy... Notwithstanding the need for employment, it's, well, basically socialism at its best. Maybe even communism, where everybody gets a job. Well, there are some arguments in favor. It uh, effectively ends recessions in America because everybody is working. uh, And therefore, there's money to buy all kinds of fun things, consumer goods. Although, if uh, you force me to hire people that I don't need, I'm going to turn around and say, ain't going to do it unless you pay me to do it. Then I have no problem. Well, where does the money come from? Where does you pay me to do it come from money? Well, what do you think? Of course, the government subsidizing employment throughout the entire economy. And if the economy takes a turn for the worse and companies start shredding jobs, uh, nope, there will be no job shredding because everybody is guaranteed a job. Now, the argument is the huge inequalities that are going on 
in the United States, where the unemployment rate among minorities are far, far higher than those uh, than white people. And that would theoretically end, right? Well, the disparity still continues because if you're talking 15 bucks an hour and you're talking about the average income uh, for a white person, is, average household income is what? 50 something thousand dollars a year. 15 bucks an hour does not go to $50,000 a year. So you still get huge disparity. And it's just a fun government program, right? Now, Normally, you'd go, this is crazy. But you know Cory Booker is? He is a rising star in Democratic uh, in the Democratic Party. And a likely 2020 contender. Well, it's a lot of money. The um, government, the government itself, figures it would cost $543 billion a year. So if you're talking about a trillion dollar deficit... This makes it a trillion and a half dollar deficit. Medicare, which didn't exist before, I think, 1965, 1966, is now $770 billion this year. Which is why, prior to Lyndon Johnson, for example, the government actually paid for itself. Because there wasn't such thing as Medicare or uh, Medi-Cal. None of those things. And it's really not clear uh, what the participants in a job guarantee plan would do. So let's say I have 20 employees, which is pretty close. And And I'm asked to have 22. And the government pays for it. It's free employee. Government pays for it, Handel. What do I do with those two people that I don't need? I mean, you can only you can only ask uh, for someone to pick up the dry cleaning so many times in a given week. Or here, make me some coffee. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. And then there's a list of national priorities. Child care, care for seniors, individuals with disabilities, infrastructure activities, all encouraged. But again, oh, I know what I would do. My mom is in a board and care. So I don't pay for it anymore, and I let you pay for it. The government. Okay, I've just changed my mind. I'm totally in favor of this program, 100%. Yay, Cory Booker. I want my 40 acres. I want my mule. Coming up, teen pregnancy program is changing. Oh, yeah, I can't believe it. Where do you think the Trump administration is going? And are you ready for this? The sheer stunning hypocrisy of this. And I'll bet you're not going to go there. I'll bet you're not going to go where I've gone on this one. KFI AM 640. Right KFI Handle here on a Monday morning, uh, big stories we're uh, covering is uh, Travis uh, Reinking, uh, the suspect in the killing of four people in the Waffle House in Tennessee, still on the lam. And uh, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, and his wife visit the, uh, visit the U.S. today on an official state visit. 
Okay. This one, uh, what do you do with this, huh? You know, sometimes this administration, I just shake my head. Not just big policy stuff, but just, come on, really? And guess what the administration is doing? Well, uh, the federal money that goes to teen pregnancy prevention programs has to do with uh, birth control, teaching teens what family planning is all about. They're going back to abstinence-oriented approaches. Abstinence is the answer to avert STDs, certainly avert pregnancies, abstinence. Well, a few things I want to talk about when it comes to abstinence. Uh, First of all, I practiced abstinence for a very long time when I was young. And uh, that had more to do with me uh, than it had to do with any program that I was involved with. But let's do a little bit of science here for a moment. There is science out there. There have been studies. And the overwhelming conclusion of these studies is abstinence does zero. Kids still go out and stoop their brains out. At the same age, abstinence or not, still have the STDs and still get, as the government says, knocked up. They still get preggers if you were in Britain. And that's the science. It's like the science. You know what it is? Let me uh, analogize here. It's the science of creationism. Evolution doesn't exist. And there are scientists out there. Come on, really? The overwhelming, overwhelming, overwhelming number of scientists say, come on, that's a crock. Same thing with climate change. Doesn't exist. The whole thing's a fraud. Really? Look at the science. So let's look at the science of abstinence. What it does and what it doesn't do. I remember reading a study in which, you know, they have those chastity rings, uh, these super Christian organizations, and the young girls at the same age as the non-chastity ring people, get laid. Now, I don't know, uh, in terms of the study, how many of them took off the chastity ring before stooping, or how many kept them on. See, I would think keeping them on is more fun. It really is. That sort of, uh, you know, it sort of says, says it all, doesn't it? So, we know that abstinent doesn't work. But... Let's say for a moment uh, that it is mandated to be taught about in health class. And I don't remember, uh, because I took health in the seventh grade, where it was sex education. The entire semester was sex education. And it was kind of fun. You know, they drew, you know, we looked at diagrams, uh, penis, and everybody giggled. And uh, there was a vagina, and everybody giggled. And there were the fallopian tubes, and... uh, and the rest of it, and the ovaries, and, uh, eh, you know, uh, they didn't giggle because no one understood it, right? The old testicles, well, not when you're junior high, they're pretty young, actually. But it's, everybody knew what they were, but didn't understand it. So, let's say 
that it's mandatory for abstinence to be taught. It's two lines in an entire class, and you've just taught abstinence. Two lines. And what are they? If you don't, you won't. That's actually one line. If you don't have sex, then you will never get pregnant, and you will never get an STD. That's it. Okay, that's the entire course in abstinence. Now let's look at the rest of it. And that is, assuming that teenagers have sex. Oh, what an assumption that one is, huh? God, for, you know, guys, let me th- let's think about it, all right, when we were teenagers. Come on. You know, we would screw a snake if it had ears, just something to hold on to. True or not? It's crazy. So assuming that uh, that teenagers have sex. Oh, what a hell of an assumption. You would think that condoms, the chances of STDs, uh, how it works. Well, not the sex part, but how the, uh, the emotional aspects of having sex, commitment versus non-commitment, promiscuity versus not. Today, I'm sure it's gay sex. Oh, my God, are we actually going to admit that teenagers uh, can be gay? We didn't in those days because there was no such thing as gayosity. It was one of those things that no one even thought of. Like Iran, it doesn't exist. There's no such thing as homosexuality in Iran. And that's accepting the truth, and that's accepting reality. Now, here's the part that I want to go back to the stunner, the breathtaking hypocrisy. And that is the Trump administration has shifted the teen pregnancy program to abstinence. Now, let's connect Donald Trump to abstinence for a moment. Of all the administrations that would argue abstinence, Donald Trump? Really? That's the guy who's pushing abstinence? All right. First of all, coming up, uh, accidental Americans. And we're not talking about accidental Americans as in the parents did not practice abstinence. We're talking about accidental Americans when it comes to taxes. And then your chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you have a toothache, call Cunning Dental for a free exam, 888-640-SMILE. of people at the coffee machine that's the problem if stand in line usually i just throw them off but they were in the middle of making coffee so what am i gonna do all right how long was uh how long was the music playing about a good 30 35 seconds yeah we can live with that you know what's more important 35 seconds of the show or me getting coffee what do you think all right here's your chance to win some money 
your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. If you're the winner, they will call you from a number you don't recognize. You have to answer it or you're out of luck. Leif in Moreno Valley did, and he won $1,000. Your next chance to win is next hour. You have a chance to win Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. All right, uh, back we go. Uh, these are the stories that we're covering, uh, the big stories. Uh, Travis Ranking, the suspect in the Waffle House shooting in Tennessee, still at large. And uh, actor Vern Troyer, remember Mini-Me? Uh, died at the age of 49. All right. A very dear friend of mine uh, was born in the United States and as an infant taken to uh, England. And uh, we were talking about, you know, taxes. And she has mentioned that she has to pay double taxes. I go, what are you talking about? She said, well, uh, she has to not only pay British taxes, but American taxes. I said, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. And I just kept on saying, doesn't make any sense. Why are you filling out an American tax return? Why have you every year? Well, because she happens to be an accidental American. The United States is one of the very, very few, I think there's only two countries in the Western world, that tax people based on citizenship rather than residency. In other words, you have... um, Someone who was born in the United States as an infant, a dreamer, if you will, taken to another country, although a citizen of the other country because the parents are nationals, and are considered American taxpayers and have to file every year and pay American taxes. And usually, and in this case, I think it's different. I don't think they care about what you pay taxes in other states. That's the problem. So you're looking at enormous tax bills. And this makes absolutely no sense. Uh, A story about, this is out of NBC, Tom Wallace uh, was taken to the U.S., he's French, uh, as uh, an infant. And he's an accidental American because he holds an American passport as well as a French passport. And he finds out he owes... $61,000. Actually, he paid $61,000 in legal fees to fight it. He owes $115,000 because he sold his French business living in France in 2013. And he had paid the French sales tax on his business. And he said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not paying anything. Now, has the government gone after any of these people At this point, I don't know. And the reason they do this, incidentally, it really has to do with uh, a bill in 2010 that Congress enacted, the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act. Now, I've often said that when bills are passed, laws are put into place, you have to look at the unintended consequences. You always have to consider those because there are always unintended consequences. So what happens? You have this uh, uh, Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act, and it was to crack down on tax evasion by Americans with financial assets abroad. And uh, there was a Swiss scandal, Swiss bank scandal, 
that showed U.S. taxpayers had hid millions of dollars overseas. So the law requires foreign banks to report about financial accounts held by U.S. citizens, and they have to report that to the IRS. That's foreign banks. Okay, that makes sense, right? But caught up in there are people that are just working and have bank accounts in foreign banks. Like Mr. Wallace, who is French, doesn't even speak English. He's French. He's lived in France. He's worked in France his entire life. He sold a business in France. He paid the taxes in France, and now the U.S. government wants their cut over and above what he paid in France. How do they even know about it? Well, because the bank that he uses in France, since he didn't get mattress money, he wasn't paid in cash, he put the money in the bank. The bank then has to report to the IRS of any American citizen, of which he is, and guess what? He gets tagged. Accidental Americans. like the accidental tourist, except an accidental American. Coming up, handle on the news, late edition, right here on KF. Handle on the news, late edition. Handle on the news. Bill Handel was making jokes about extraterrestrial contact with humans on the planet Earth. Well, I'm here to tell you that extraterrestrials and life forms exist. And now, here's Bill Handel. Oh, yeah. Why not? Why not? Also at Cunning Dental on uh, Saturday, uh, there's this lovely woman, I think her name is Cheryl, who stands outside with a big sign calling me a murderer because of uh, surrogacy and IVF and, uh, and, and tells me that if I will repent and find Jesus, I will give up surrogacy and hate the LGBTQ com- uh, community because... Uh, that's what God wants me to do. And I th- I don't know if they sent it to Michelle yet, but if they did... We have it, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of time to get it up because the file is so massive. Yeah, it has to be edited down a little bit. Mm, I don't know. It's that. It's just it's video. It's an MP4 yeah, no, format, it is. It's and it's video. like 150 megabytes. So yeah, but it, it's trouble great moving fun. The file around. And she's done it before, and I always go over there, and we smile, and... Uh, You know, we hug each other, and uh, I have to repent. (sighs) Too good, isn't it? Also, we have an Instagram, right, at Bill Handel Show, uh, video on Instagram that we did this morning regarding the event on Friday night that um, Jennifer Jones Lee and I attended. Uh, You weren't there, were you? No. That's right. You had some other things to do, like not go to a KFI event. Okay, just giving you some grief. Let's do it. Lead story. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me do. Look what you just All right, the uh, 29-year-old uh, suspected gunman uh, wanted in uh, the attack in the Nashville area, Wa- uh, Waffle House. We're finding out things uh, about him that maybe he's just a little bit nuts. According to his parents, uh, he, was, he thought he was being stalked by Taylor Swift who hacked his Netflix account, and want, he, she wanted to meet him at a Dairy Queen. Now, let's assume for a moment that Taylor Swift did hack his Netflix account 
And let's assume for a moment that she did want to meet him, which I accept at face value. Okay? Where it goes over the line is the Dairy Queen part. Why is that too much? Well, because would Taylor Swift meet someone at a Dairy Queen? Maybe she likes those chocolate dip cones. Maybe. But anyway. If uh, she's stalking him, why is she running away from him? That's true. No, but she's at the Dairy Queen. No, but she's uh, she wants to meet him there, but then runs away from him, according to his story. Oh, that's right. He chased her up on the roof because she ran away from him at the Dairy Queen, and she was up on the roof of the Dairy Queen. Maybe she thought she wanted to meet him, and then when she saw him, Maybe. she changed her mind. In, in any case, uh, so she runs up to the roof instead of just right. down the street. He's still on the run, by the way. He's still at large. And obviously, there's a huge manhunt. It's a strange story. He walks in naked, except for a coat, and uh, shoots up the place, kills four people, wounds two others, and uh, drops his coat, drops his weapon after a scuffle uh, with uh, with this man, James Shaw, and uh, runs into uh, the, uh, there's a forested area right next to the uh, Waffle House. He runs into there stark naked. You think he has some issues? And this is the same guy who was stark naked when he went to the White House just about a year ago Mm. and demanded to meet the president. Well, the guy who the scuffle that you mentioned, Handel, when uh, the guy who was in that scuffle admits, I was just doing this to save myself. But he was able to wrestle the gun out of our shooter's hands. And now that guy who says I'm not a hero is raising money for the victims of the attack. You had to. Yeah, he's on national television. I mean, he really is considered a hero. He keeps on saying it was only to save his own ass, uh, which may somehow diminish his hero status. Uh, But here is the part about him raising money that I find disappointing. And that is, as of 7.30 this morning, he's raised $18,600 for four murder victims. Actually, it's gone up over 21000 That's still nothing. still, yeah. That's still absolutely nothing. I mean, give it some time for the word to get out, too. <laughs> Didn't they? You know what, though? The, Handel, I got to agree with you on that one, because Elon mm. Musk tweets out that his couch is horrible or something like that. His couch in his office is horrible, and he's got to sleep on the fo- floor. People within, like, 48 hours raise $5,000 to go get Elon Musk a stupid new couch, and yet we've only raised $20,000 for four people who died in an attack? And what does yeah. that say about our society? It says no one's particularly impressed with this one. And how much money was raised for uh, the Parkland uh, victims? How much was raised for the Pulse victims? I mean, in the millions, I think. Well, uh, over on the other side of the pond, history has been made. Princess Kane gave birth to a baby brother, and for the first time in history... The woman, well, she's not a woman, she's a little girl, uh, Princess Charlotte, will not be bumped from the order of secession. Because it used to be, you're in line, and you're female, and then a younger boy is born, you go to the back of the line. No more thanks to the Secession to the Crown Act of 2013. So we could easily have a, another queen, even though there's a boy in the family. And there have been plenty of we, they, uh, there have been plenty of queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two Elizabeths, for example, uh, right. were queen. 
Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, who Elizabeth um, had a little problem with. One of them lost their heads. And it was Mary, Queen of Scots, who, by get... the way, claimed the throne of England and probably had a better connection to England than did Elizabeth. Here, though, you got to get through Charles, and then William is second, and then Prince George, and then it would be uh, Prince uh, Princess Charlotte's turn. And then Harry. Poor Harry. All right, well, the uh, Me Too movement, that could lead to new limits on binding arbitration in California. I was you, I'd want to be me. Yeah, I didn't even know you could do this. I didn't either. Uh, And that is employers can force workers to sign agreements waiving their rights to file a lawsuit or to complain to state or federal agencies in the event of a dispute uh, as to pay, as to working conditions, as to any kind of discrimination. And I had no idea that this could be done uh, because we certainly don't have that agreement with our employees. However... Uh, since it is not yet California law that says you can't do this, thanks for telling me about this, because things change today. Well, that's one of the reasons to have union protection, because you generally can't do this with union workers. So it's non-union workers. But then you go. But then you complain to your union that does nothing. Oh, that's our union, and uh, and nothing happens. All right, uh, let's definitely take a break and come back. Uh, we've got plenty more nude photos. You can do it. Didn't know that, but you can do it. I'll explain the law to you now. KFI AM at KFI handle here on a Monday morning. Uh, we do have uh, on Twitter at Bill Handle Show. We have uh, the video of the protest of uh, me at the Cunning Dental Seminar. She's out on the sidewalk, Cheryl, and uh, a nice lady. There was she was by herself this time. Was she wearing a bicycle helmet? Yeah, with a GoPro on ah. top. As opposed to what I thought were originally antennas, so she could talk to her Venusian family. Very strange woman. Anyway, it's on there, and uh, these protests sort of happen year after year. Now they're down to one person. And I just go out there, and I talk, and it's great fun. It's Twitter, by the way. No, people should see, because I guess ostensibly she's mad at you, but... People should go watch this to see what no. she does when you come over to her. It's yeah, very clear whatever her issue is, uh, she doesn't have an issue with you personally. No, no, she likes me. She just thinks I'm a murderer because of IVF and surrogacy. But other than that. Other than that is, and when I find, there's a lot of, uh, you'll find Jesus, Bill, and repent. And I'll hate them queers because God wants me to hate them queers just like she does. Oh, she's one of those, too? Oh, yes. Oh. Very adamantly opposed to the LGBTQ uh, the, uh, the community. Okay, guys, let's do it. More handle on the news actually, as we finish it up. Well, appeals court in Texas has overturned a revenge porn law saying uh, the First Amendment allows you to do it. All the guys are talking because they all want some. It's too broad. It's too broad. Well, two things. Yeah, it's too broad. And also... It's a content-based restriction on your speech. 
In other words, if I want to share, if we, if you and I used to date, and I want to share a photo of you with a suit on, I can. But if I want to share a photo of you naked, I can't. And they say, ah, it's a restriction based on the content of the speech, and you can't do it. This is Texas, and it's not a federal appeals court. It's a Texas appeals court. So Yeah, at this point. But wait till it goes up to the feds. The feds will probably overturn it. But what's the takeaway here? Don't be an idiot and allow photos to be taken, for God's sake. You know they're going to be used. Well, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a bathroom sign and tried to go to that bathroom, but turns out there wasn't a bathroom there. Well, that happens sometimes if you're in a forest. But I'm a Apparently, this woman in Portland thought she saw a outdoor bathroom sign. Well, it was a fake. She was at Forest Park in Portland, Oregon, and uh, she said she went to this outdoor restroom, and there was a man who was lurking behind a tree when she was looking for it. So she screams and calls out for her husband, but the mysterious guy didn't even flinch. Yeah. He's probably like just getting his jollies with I'm this. Sure. Although yes. now I would I would if I were defending him with the sign in a way isn't a forest just one big restroom? That's a good point. Oh, this is a, a weird case of a of a man shooting an intruder in a home. Uh it's got a real weird twist to it. So it's a guy who is staying at his daughter's house. And a, another guy starts coming in through the window. Yeah, so, ex-boyfriend, right? Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's the ex-boyfriend of the daughter who already had been there causing trouble, and they called the cops, and he came back. So the uh, dad shot him. Oh, yeah. Although As he's not he was, dead, apparently. Oh, uh, now, you think uh, the cops are going to do anything uh, to this uh, dad except congratulate him? Although they, ha- they kind of have to do that on the sly, the congratulations part. Handel, you were talking earlier about the boy who got crushed in the minivan by the seat in Ohio. Yeah, Wait until so, you hear this twist. So random. So it looks like the two Cincinnati officers who were supposed to be searching for the kid who kept calling 911 saying, you know, help me, here I am. I'm in this parking lot. Here's the color. I'm in a gold Honda Odyssey. I'm almost dead. They never got out of the car. Now, this is weird because uh, I had also read... That he had told the dispatcher where he was. He did. The color of the car, it was a gold Odyssey minivan. And from what I understand, the dispatcher did not share that information with the police officers. She says her computer froze when she, where she would have put in the information. That's her story right now. Don't they do that over the air? And she's been reassigned. I don't know what the hell that means. Anyway, uh, it's just a heartbreaker. When you, it was just a perfect storm. And I think nobody believed this. This poor kid. He kept on saying, though, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Yeah. He sure. It certainly didn't seem like a crank call. Yeah, and these cops, they were wearing. This is their own body cam footage that shows they never got out of the cruiser. And it's like music is playing in the background, and they're just driving around the parking lot. And one of the cops says. I don't see nobody, which I didn't imagine I would. So that, to me, yep. says they didn't believe it. They thought that it was a prank or a hoax. Yep. Well, it definitely yeah. wasn't. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's, let's just go ahead and take a break. When I come back, 
and uh, decoding your baby's DNA. And we go back to the time I'm going to share with you uh, in the early 80s when I was teaching law school. And this exact little, this scenario came up in 1983. And look where we are now. KFI AM 640. Handle here. It is a uh, Monday morning, April 23rd. Big stories that we're covering and are trending. Uh, the Tennessee manhunt, Travis Reinking, suspected of being the, well, he actually is the Waffle House shooter, killing four people. He's still on the run. They have not yet caught him. And the police are saying at this point, no credible information yet as to where he is. And there's a new royal baby. The Duchess of Cambridge delivered her third child, now fifth in line to the British throne. We don't know the name. And uh, the bookmakers already are, you know, we should actually go th- uh, find out what uh, the uh, odds are. Because the last time around, it was, or I think the first time around, uh, it was um, uh, a thousand to one that the name was going to be Elvis. And I'm not kidding either. Maybe it was 2,000 to one. Didn't work out that way. All right, let's go back to 1983. And uh, that was just before I got fired as a uh, professor, adjunct professor. That's hilarious. Professor Handel. I, got, I, just, I couldn't believe it how people could do that with a straight face. Anyways, I was uh, teaching a seminar at my now defunct law school. And it was in the legal aspects of reproduction. And one of the things that we talked about was genetic engineering. That the science could actually go into an embryo and change around genes. I mean, it's scary stuff. Well, you talked about that's great when you're eliminating diseases. Not so great when you're actually changing around genes that... Could make a baby stronger, smarter, faster. Now, we're not doing that. We're not there yet. But we're on our way because now the technology is here to decode the Human Genome Project. We can actually decode our DNA. And again, the same problem is occurring. And that is you find out early on that there is a gene disorder that can be treated. There's a story uh, about uh, Maverick Coltrane, and uh, he was at Children's Hospital in San Diego, and uh, within a week of him being born, having seizures that the doctors couldn't explain, they couldn't control, so they decided, the doctors decided to analyze his DNA. Let's see if something's wrong. Yep. In one of his genes, they found a mutation that caused a seizure disorder. And they knew which medicines could be used to deal with this seizure disorder. Basically save this kid. Because any child who has uncontrollable seizures just stops developing. It becomes almost impossible. And it'll take a child and destroy its life, depending on the number of seizures and how severe. So 
that's the good side. However, if uh, doctors are looking for all of the disorders, and we all have some kind or another, some are serious, some don't really matter because you can't have a perfect human being. Well, you know, maybe I am, but short of that, you can't have a perfect human being. Oh, there's Jennifer rolling her eyes. That's it. That's your one time this year you get to roll your eyes. You are done. Okay, young lady? So here sure. is... Oh, also the groan? <laughs> so here is the problem. And there are some of them. or There are several problems. Number one, uh, do you treat your kid differently? Now, I can't imagine uh, treating a child differently, but the expectation may be different. Uh, your expectation may be higher, lower. If you know there is a mutation, do you not try as hard? And it depends on the way people are. Once you have a window into the child's future, do you really want that information? I do if it's a question of fixing something that's wrong. Much like the case of uh, Ma- Maverick Coltrin. They found the gene that was screwed up and they were able to treat the disorder. But how about your kid's not going to be as smart because there's uh, they connect a particular gene to, let's say, yeah, cognitive abilities. Now, the problem with genes, of course, there normally isn't one that affects a, an issue. Usually it's a combination, from what I understand. The other problem is research are telling us that much of this genetic information isn't predictive or even accurate, which could lead to uh, some parents being really upset prematurely or uh, unnecessarily. Uh, There is a pediatrician, Dr. Tracy Trotter, a Bay Area pediatrician, and uh, a co-auth or a co-chair of the American Academy of Pediatrics Council on Genetics. So there's some creds there. And uh, Dr. Tracy said, this is like drinking out of a fire hose. It'll quench your thirst, but there's way too much water there. And the same thing with genetic information. So at UC San Francisco last spring, a bunch of researchers gathered around for a final meeting of uh, this particular group. It's a 30-person team. And here's what they were tasked with. Develop ethics and policy guidelines for sequencing the DNA of every baby born in the United States. Now, there have been ethics panels before. For example, in my world, when we talk about in vitro fertilization, implantation of embryos, there have been ethics panels, and the recommendations have come, for example, you now implant one embryo. That's it. Why? Because the uh, chances of a successful pregnancy are so high today, and they used to implant three, four, eight embryos into a person a woman particularly, because men don't generally have embryos implanted in them. But you probably already knew that. I'm gonna, I don't want to do my class again. My sex education class. This is a penis. This is a vagina. And so the world has changed. And so now 
it is almost considered malpractice to uh, implant more than one embryo, two at the most. So what this group had to say is, number one, you have to be very, very careful about this. There's the cost, too, which is astronomical. And much of what these genomes, the, the discovery of the genes and the mutations, cannot be clearly interpreted or acted on, acted upon. It is so complicated. There is so much going on. And it's, you know, the analogy it was made is that every single person in America undergo an MRI or a CAT scan, where the vast, vast majority, it wouldn't show anything. But it would worry people to death. And the problem is a lot of these genetic tests are already sold online and targeting new parents. And it can be done for, well, if you're talking about the entire genome sequencing, we're talking $6,000, $4,000. Most people can't afford it, but they're saying it's going to be brought down to about 100 bucks within the next few years. All right, coming up. The iPod version of Dead Man Tell No Tales. Or at least with fingerprints, they don't. Or maybe they do. All right. Also, your chance to win $1,000 brought to you by Cunning Dental. If you need a new smile, call Cunning Dental for a free exam, 888-640-SMILE. Okay, Jennifer. It's amazing. So amazing. So amazing. So amazing. It's amazing. KFI handle here. It is a uh, Monday morning, April 23rd. All right. Oh, we still have much to cover. Uh, the big stories uh, that we are covering. Uh, the manhunt underway for Travis uh, Reinking. Uh, the accused uh, Waffle House shooter. He's still on the run. And uh, the Macron visit happening today. The French president and his wife visiting the U.S. and will have an official state dinner at Mount Vernon, which is very unusual. Now, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show, but for many years, uh, every Halloween, I would do a segment entitled, oh, first of all, uh, yeah, your chance to win some money. I keep on forgetting. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. The winner's notified with a phone call. You've got to answer it like Michael in Riverside did. He won $1,000. Your next chance to win an hour from now. All right. Now, uh, every year at Halloween, I would do a segment uh, called Necrophilia, the Victimless Crime. Every year. And I'm absolutely right. Necrophilia is the victimless crime. And why is that? Well, because who is someone having sex with? A dead person. But here is the problem. A dead person is not a person. A dead person is a dead thing. And you cannot rape a thing. You have to rape a person. Therefore, it's a victimless crime. Now, there are statutes that have been put into place that make it a, quote, crime. But that's certain. That's just by statute. Common law, you couldn't do it. So I'm now going to tell you a story uh, about uh, a man who was killed by a police officer last month. This is in Florida. And he was at an, uh, a funeral home. He was um, 
suspected of being a drug dealer or being involved in drugs, and they wanted the police wanted his information. So two detectives show up with his phone, his cell phone, uh, which they think there's some information. They were taken to his corpse, and they tried to unlock the phone by holding his hands up to the fingerprint sensor. Now, it didn't work, but they wanted the data that was on the phone. And the detective said they didn't think needed a warrant. Why? Because there's no expectation of privacy after someone dies. Because it's not a person anymore. And when you talk about uh, the various constitutional rights, constitutional rights relate to people. They don't relate to corpses. So uh, there is a professor uh, and a director for the Center of Excellence and Advocacy at Stetson University College of Law, Stetson University, says, well, you know what? Maybe uh, it's a legal issue, but it doesn't smell, it doesn't pass the smell test. And most dead bodies wouldn't. There's a ghoulish component to it. There is. However, it is not an illegal search and seizure. It is not an expectation of privacy. As a matter of fact, going back to 2014, so the Supreme Court said that a warrantless search of a cell phone during an arrest is unconstitutional, but the person has to be alive. If you're talking about a search of a cell phone on a person, there has to be probable cause. You don't need probable cause when someone is dead. I guess, you know, I, I think the analogy here is you have to give fingerprints when you're alive. You have to give a swab of DNA if you're in jail. You have to allow your picture to be taken. That's, I would argue that's an invasion of privacy, forcing me to take my picture. Handwriting, they can force you to give a handwriting example. And the argument was, that's a violation of the Fifth Amendment. It's not. All of these issues have to do with someone being alive. The landscape changes after death. You can't assert a Fourth Amendment. You can't assert a Fifth Amendment uh, cause of action. So uh, with nothing in statutory law, the situation then goes to the courts. That's the way it it ends up happening. If there is a statute, then the courts take it. And... uh, The phrase is, the courts have not been kind to the dead. That would have passed constitutional mustard. Mustard. I don't even know what constitutional mustard is. Is it deli mustard? Honey mustard? I don't know. In any case, uh, I think that would fly constitutionally. So the bottom line is, the takeaway here is dead people... Not only tell no tales, dead people have no rights. And then we go back to the premise, necrophilia, the victimless crime. Because who is the victim here? It is the dead person who is actually being violated. Now, there is violation of a corpse. and But that is statute. 
And then they expanded it to where family members, uh, there's emotional distress. And, uh, well, there was always emotional distress, but that's not a crime. That's a civil action. So the takeaway here is go to a state. If you want to have sex with dead people and do it in a state that has not yet passed statutes that say you can't do it with dead people. Cold, frigid. All right. Do they have a case? If you have sex with a dead person, do you have a case? All right, coming up, it's uh, Wayne Resnick with Do They Have a Case? Right here, KFI AM. You are about to enter the courtroom of Judge Bill Handel. The people are real. The cases are real. The rulings are final. This is Judge Handel. It's very funny. I love that. I truly do. All right. It's time for Do They Have a Case? Same rules apply every week. Wayne Resnick researches the cases, uh, whether they're going up through the courts on appeals, have been decided, and uh, I get to, God, I love this gavel business. I get to determine, as you do, uh, whether or not the case is winnable, not winnable, what the decision was. And I give my, well, lately I've been pretty good. Lately I'm about 80%. There have been times when I was at 20% or 50-50. That's because a lot of times judges are wacky. Oh, yeah. Judges can be, every time we talk about the way a case should go, logically, judges go totally the other way. They make stuff up. So we have some cases here that have not been decided, but they're too, the stories are too good to wait. For the months and years that it might take. So here we go. Uh, now, this story has been in the news a little bit. Uh, it's a guy in Georgia, and I'll tell you right off the bat, Georgia is a one-party consent state to record a phone call. And uh, one night, he's talking to his boss. It's after work hours, and he's home, and he's talking to his boss on the cell phone, and they have a conversation. And he hangs up, he puts the phone in his pocket, and he turns to his wife, and he starts bad-mouthing the boss. Well, unbeknownst to him... Pocket dialed back the boss who listens to the whole thing. Finally, the call's disconnected. The boss calls him back and said, hey, I heard all that. You can either resign right now or I'm firing you tomorrow. And this guy was fired. And now he's suing, saying the boss should not have been listening to my pocket dial to him. Does he have a case? No. Especially since it's a one-party consent state, and it is, um, I'm assuming Georgia is a right-to-work state, much like California is. Right-to-work means that any employer can fire any employee for any reason or no reason. you mean an at-will state. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, an at-will state, sorry. Uh, And as long as there's no discrimination Discrimination being the big five or six now, race, religion, ethnicity, uh, all of that. Uh, And so if it isn't one of those five, he absolutely has the right to fire that employee. As a matter of fact, in California, where you need consent from both parties, that, in fact, is enough uh, to fire him. Because there's no, for no reason. By the way, I listened, so what? I can fire you just because I want to fire you. I can fire you because you were so stupid that you left the phone in your pocket and you butt-dialed anybody. So, 
He has no case. I think that's right. It's not a well-developed area of the law, but there is one federal appeals court case. Not It doesn't cover Georgia, but the only federal appeals court case that heard this said, if you accidentally call someone and you didn't take steps to stop it from happening, like locking your phone, you have no reasonable expectation of privacy. Anyway. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if this case goes that way. Now, this case... This is being heard at the Supreme Court today. And it's a guy who came here from Brazil, like you, except with a difference. He overstayed his visa. Ah. And he has been living for 16 years in this country. Now, here's the case. He got a notice to appear some years ago. It said, hey, you've got to come to immigration court because you overstayed your visa. And there's a rule that says if you come in here, when you come in here, you have there's a 10-year clock that starts. And at the end of the 10 years, you're eligible, not everybody gets it, but you're eligible to have your deportation canceled. So they send him the notice, but it doesn't say on the notice where or when he is supposed to report. Because a lot of times when immigration sends a notice, they send it to the person and they send it to the court and the immigration court has to schedule. And then the court has the obligation under the law to notify. Okay, so the case is this. The way it normally works is when you get the notice uh, to appear, you stop accruing time towards your 10 years. Well, he's saying you don't tell me where and when. That no is notice. a defective. That's a defective notice. And he didn't. Get and it. I still get to accrue. And I've been here more than ten years. And the government lost at all the lower levels, and they're still persisting going to the federal court, uh, to the Supreme Court. What do you think about this? I think that a notice to appear that has no date and no address is akin to no notice to appear, is the way I would view it. So I would say illegal Brazilian who should be deported, but are probably going to get away with it. Well, every lower court's agreed with you, but now, you know, the Supreme Court, it's anybody's guess. You never guess. know. It's anybody's guess. Uh, quick Supreme Court uh, story, Roe v. Wade, the right to an abortion, the right to privacy. Uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, you know where that comes from, by the way? Uh-huh. What, what is the constitutional reason for the right, reason for the right to privacy? It doesn't exist. Oh. It does not exist. In the language of the Constitution. That's correct. It's made up in uh, out of whole cloth. And uh, where it came from is the penumbra of uh, the way the Constitution, the way it's osmosis. Wow. If you look at the Constitution, much like you see uh, the genie in Aladdin, that sort of just comes out of the bottle in this mist. That's the right to privacy out of the Constitution. This is why Scalia went so nuts about abortion, Roe v. Wade. You know, Scalia was not personally against abortion at all. Even though he was a Catholic, he was not per se against abortion. He just said, you don't have a constitutional right to it because it doesn't exist. Hey, Handel, we've got the news conference coming out of Nashville on the search for the shooter right now from Waffle House. All right, we'll go ahead and take it. Uh, The police department is continuing to urge citizens to be vigilant. There is a significant, tremendous law enforcement presence in this immediate area. Late yesterday, the police department was informed by a citizen from another county that while he was 
traveling in the area of I-24 and Old Hickory Boulevard near the truck stops of America, he came across a laptop case, a soft laptop case. Uh, the citizen uh, saw it just laying there in the grass, picked it up, took it home with him to the other county. Uh, when he got home last night and opened it up, he saw that there was a handwritten identification card with the name Travis Reinking in the bag. Now, our intelligence information tells us that Ryan King was in that immediate area on Saturday night. At this juncture, we don't know if that laptop case wound up at I-24 and Old Hickory Boulevard prior to the shooting or after the shooting. Nevertheless, when the search is completed of this immediate area, and it's being done very carefully by grids, when the search is, conduct, or is completed here, it will be extended beyond I-24 and Old Hickory Boulevard. Uh, if Ryan King is still in the woods, uh, he's been there now for more than 24 hours, and at some point he's going to have to uh, try to come out for food or water. So the law enforcement presence is continuing significantly. Uh, we would urge citizens not just in this area, but also uh, down to the Rutherford County line and beyond the uh, I-24 Old Hickory Boulevard area, west of I-24 and Old Hickory Boulevard, to also be vigilant. Uh, we've talked to Lamar Advertising today, and very soon electronic billboards will be going up throughout the region with Ryan King's photograph urging persons to call in if they see him. Uh, questions? This is Metro Nashville Police Spokesman Dan, Don Aaron. There have been no confirmed sightings of him, so we don't know where he is. If he, It is possible that he has left the area. We just don't know. Uh, he did steal a car last week. Uh, we have been in contact with the Brentwood Police Department in Williamson County. It is our understanding that last Tuesday he drove his pickup truck to uh, near a BMW dealership in Brentwood, parked it at a storage facility, walked to the BMW dealership, inquired about purchasing a BMW. Uh, when the sales associate asked for his identification, he refused to give it, but had the fob, the key fob for a BMW automobile and stole the car from the dealership. Brentwood police reports that they found the vehicle as he was driving it and engaged in a pursuit during rush hour. Uh, because of all of the vehicles on the road at that time and the fact that this vehicle had GPS capability and could be tracked, uh, the pursuit was discontinued by the Brentwood Police Department and later that evening the vehicle was recovered from Ryan King's apartment complex. But I would hasten to add that they had no idea who the man was. He wouldn't give any identification. Uh, there was no clue whatsoever of his name, but due to the GPS tracking, the vehicle that BMW was recovered on Tuesday from that apartment complex. He said he got the fob. He had the fob from the dealership. They gave it to him, and then they asked. Right? I would defer to the Brentwood Police Department on the specifics or the BMW dealership. But that car had nothing to do with this shooting that was recovered days ago. That's correct. He stole the car on Tuesday and due to the GPS capability was recovered he, on Tuesday. Did he jump out of the car and just leave it there or should he, or was he arrested there on the site? 
when they recovered the car? No, the vehicle was recovered from his apartment complex due to the GPS capability. There was no one in it. He was not arrested. The police department nor the dealership knew who he was. But the car he took to the Waffle House, that was his, that was his, that was his The pickup truck. You are correct. And there's no connection between the BMW dealership. There's no reason for you to believe that he may have been planning something maybe on Tuesday to do something similar. Well, uh, that remains to be seen. Something you're looking at. Uh, we don't know what his plan was. Uh, certainly, uh, he had a pickup truck. Certainly, he had possession of this BMW car. What his intention uh, for taking the BMW car remains to be seen. Yeah, there, 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 during the investigation and the search of the apartment on yesterday, the Metro Police Department recovered the fob, the key fob to the BMW. He had referred to himself as a sovereign citizen. And we knew that the car was recovered from that apartment complex. Did anyone he, ask the, the BMW for fingerprints that may have led police then to, to Travis Ranking? Uh, I would defer to the Brentwood Police Department. The car theft investigation is taking place in another county, in another jurisdiction. What about the reports of shots fired at the Burnett Chapel? Shots fired at the Burnett Chapel? What, what was that? Can you tell us more information about that? Uh, I have seen a report of shots. Uh, that has nothing whatsoever to do with the search for Ryan King. Uh, I've been informed that there is a gun range uh, in that area, in that vicinity, perhaps what uh, was heard was coming from a gun range or maybe a hunter or something to that effect, but it has nothing to do with Travis Reinkamp. All right, uh, we're going to bail out of this for a moment. Uh, the new information we uh, received from uh, the spokesperson of uh, the local police department uh, is uh, that uh, they don't know where he is at this point. Last week, he stole a BMW. Drove his, uh, left his pickup truck and uh, ran into the woods. We know that right now. They still don't know who he is or they don't know where he is. They certainly know who he is. Uh, he's in the forest, they think. And he, uh, I'm assuming they surrounded him and uh, the officer said, well, he's got to come out for food and water at some point. And so they're waiting. I would think that the uh, police helicopters with the thermal imaging would be able to figure out who in the forest is uh, sending off that thermal imaging. So uh, it could be the forest is so thick that the canopy won't let anything through. And then last week he uh, had uh, stolen a BMW from a dealership. Uh, a very strange theft. He goes up to the dealership, inquires on uh, buying it. Salesman says, can I have your uh, driver's license, your ID, which inevitably everybody does, everybody does before uh, a test drive. He refused to give it. The salesman goes back. Okay, you're not going to do it. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, he shows up. Ryan King shows up with the fob, the key to that BMW, ostensibly having stolen it from uh, the, I, I guess, some rack inside the dealership. Where else would he get that? And then drives off with the, DM, uh, B, uh, the BMW. And then that evening, because of the tracking device, they were able to track it down. There was a police chase, but they gave it up. It was during rush hour. The police thought it was too dangerous, so they let him go, not knowing who he was, not knowing that he was the alleged murderer because the murder happened after that. 
And so they gave up the pursuit. Figure, okay, we'll catch the car. At worst, it's a, a car theft, and we're not going to take a chance of uh, putting people in danger, which uh, seems to be uh, the philosophy of police departments all over the country now. Uh, they don't put civilians at risk. They just let them go. And they knew uh, they had the tracking device. So his car shows up at his apartment complex. And uh, the next time we hear of him was at the Waffle House. When he shot, killed four people, wounded two others. And uh, he walked in naked but for a coat. And leaves the coat, walks into the woods or runs into the woods naked. His AR-15 rifle was left at the scene. Because uh, a good Samaritan, a hero now, grabbed the rifle, got into a scuffle with him. So um, we'll find out more certainly today. And there's no confirmed sightings of him after he ran into the woods. All right. Let's go back and uh, finish up the um, do they have a case. All right. Uh, This one is very interesting. South Mountain Creamery is uh, a dairy in Maryland, and they make a bunch of products. And... They decided they want to expand outside the state. So they call up the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture and they say, hey, we'd like to start selling our all-natural skim milk. We don't add anything to it. It's pasteurized and everything. It's completely safe. And we want to start selling it over there, too. And the state of Pennsylvania says, great, we love it. But now, of course, they're crossing a state line. So who gets to get involved? The feds. The FDA. Commerce Clause. Right. The FDA has a rule. You cannot call skim milk skim milk unless you add to it vitamins. Well, I guess when you take the the cream and the fat out of the milk, you lose the fat-soluble vitamins A and D mostly. And so in order to say it's skim milk, you have to actually add something to it that's not naturally there. And uh, the whole selling point of this farm skim milk is it's all natural and they don't add anything. And so the FDA said, look, you can sell your skim milk in Pennsylvania, but you have to call it imitation skim milk or imitation milk product. So the dairy is suing the FDA over what might be a good rule, but kind of seems asinine, really. What do you think? Does this dairy have a case about this? No. Real easy. And I bring you back to mayonnaise. There was a time when light mayonnaise could not be called mayonnaise. Because the rule was mayonnaise is full fat. And if you remove the fat, it's no longer mayonnaise. Which is why so many years it was imitation mayonnaise. Until the rule was changed by the FDA. So... It's the FDA has full control over this. And if they say it ain't skim milk until we let you call it skim milk, no milk for you. And is the theory here that when you say skim milk, the word milk is the operative word. And if this skim milk doesn't have vitamin A and D like milk does, that's why they can't call it milk. No, I think it's the skim part. I think skim milk has a specific vitamin content, as you said. For example, you can have raw milk. That can be sold because it's non-pasteurized. You can still call it milk. Uh, You can 
what else milk? Soy milk? Oh, yeah. Is almond, still, milk. almond milk is still considered milk because there are no rules as to the, the milk can be used. But skim, skim, it is illegal to call skim milk skim milk in Pennsylvania or the FDA. FDA, yeah. Much like it is illegal for the, uh, uh, for the casinos in Las Vegas to skim money. This is why I went to law school. Bang that gavel one more time. Okay. That made no sense. I've got a legal question for you guys. The president's travel ban will go before the Supreme Court on Wednesday. Does the Supreme Court take into account the spirit of the law, why a law was passed? Because Trump's travel ban, uh, his people argue that it's all about the security of the country, right? The other side says it's all about his hatred of Muslims right. and it's ra- uh, religious discrimination. So what if the Supreme Court believes that the law is OK, but that the reason it was put into place was because of religious discrimination? Then what does the Supreme Court do? Anything it wants to. The Supreme Court, as a matter of fact, can bring into its decision the definition of skim milk. And I am not <laughs> kidding. The Supreme Court can do Anything it wants. What do you think it will do if that if it boils down to that question? This court, I think that the court is going to go towards the administration. Yeah. That's my guess. I think we saw an indicator of that in yeah. the fall. And, I think and it will. And because of the, uh, the Supreme Court or the judicial system's leeway that it gives the president right. in determining national security. And my guess is even if... It was an anti-Muslim sentiment. If there is any logic to the security issue, even if the two can coexist, yep, it's racist, but there is a rationale for the uh, the ban. They're the outside of the racism. They're they gonna, will gonna, hold up national security absolutely. above religious discrimination. Absolutely. Okay. Um, see, that's why I go to you for the big for the big ones. And I don't know if I'm right. Well, no, you got to leave that part out. I made most of that up. (laughs) Uh, We'll be on top of the Waffle House manhunt. Also, Korean Air CEO fires his two daughters over nut rage. We'll get into that. You're going to want to hear that one. And Gavin Newsom, apparently he did not go to rehab. Oh, okay. So uh, so, uh, unfortunately for me now, with this tease of yours, I have to listen. Yes. Virtually the entire (laughs) show. All right, you got it. Gary and Shannon up. In a moment, Shannon, you have a good show. Thank you, sir. KFI AM 640. <laughs> we leave that in here? Uh, sure. <laughs>